Welcome to the Coffee and Convos podcast. I'm going to start saying something new. This is the Coffee and Convos podcast where the best conversations happen over coffee. Um, and I'm so excited because I'm here with Gemini. Hey. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited. She is an incredible artist and uh, there's so many great things I could say about her. Her music is amazing. Thank her vibe you. is just like on point and like <laughs> I needed this, like not only my cup of coffee, but just this energy that you yeah, bring. Yeah, I'm and glad we're doing this. Yeah, I know. You've been talking about it for a while We now. have been, yeah. <laughs> and I'm so excited because she's visiting from New York. She is originally from San Diego. And I would love for you to tell your story and just welcome. Like, Thank you. Oh, it's so cool. I mean, where do I start? Do you have a particular like starting point? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my story, I was born in San Diego, 1988. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you, we were kind of talking um, off air about how you were born and raised here mm -hmm. and then you left to pursue music. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we could to totally like start there. Your, your journey and like how you became an artist. Yeah. So I've actually, I've been performing um, forever. I started doing music when I was really, really young. Uh, my mom, they recognized the talent really early because I grew up, you know, in San Diego, predominantly Filipino neighborhood, had all Filipino friends had karaoke at all the parties. Yes. And it got to a point where like the parents were like, hey, like sing something, Geminel. And one day my mom, my brother, they come and they pick me up early from this party. I'm totally like singing some song. I don't know, like Celine Dion. I don't know who it was. <laughs> and they just really recognize that I have an actual talent and they cultivated that. They put me in auditions for musicals and all sorts of things like that. I sang national anthems for a bunch of track meets in San Diego. And um, really just my music career started then when I was eight years old and um, wow. met a ton of people throughout the process that wanted to kind of, um, I guess, grow me into the music industry. And very early on, I realized that the music industry was not a direction that I wanted to go because it was like, it was so fake to me. It was like, you know, they love your talent, they love your voice, but they want you to change your music and they want mm. you to change your style. And I'm like, well, this is a representation of who I am. And I don't, I don't want to change who I am just for your paycheck, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm glad that I made that decision. I can imagine like as a young adult, how impressionable I was just going to college, how much worse it would have been had I like entered the music industry at the at the young age of 16 um, that they wanted me to start there, you know? Uh, so yeah, I took a break. I went to college. Um, I got my master's degree. And when I was, I got my master's degree at USC. I was living in LA. I hated it <laughs> with my whole <laughs> heart. And it was then that I started writing music again because I needed an outlet. And so because I was, I hated my degree. I hated my school. I hated how pretentious people were. I was mm -hmm. like, I just needed a space. Um, I found a community at USC that really encouraged me to perform again and to, you know, share what I was writing. I was in a ton of ciphers in LA. And that's when I started to realize that there was potential for me to enjoy my experience if I continued to be an artist, which like, you know, Los Angeles, Angeles is great for artists. Um, it just wasn't great for where I was at in life with my degree. And um, I ended up writing a ton of stuff. Um, lived in LA for a little bit, was like a street performer in Santa Monica. Oh. And that was how I was making my money. And then one day I was just like, you know what? Like I need 
I need something. I need to come home. Like I need to reset. Mm -hmm. And at first it was a, it was a reluctant choice, but it was like, I just knew that that's what I needed to do. And I moved back home and, um, I met um, Shen and Paul Prudente, Yay. and I started working with Paul on some of the music that I wrote in LA. And he and I, over four years, developed my first album. Um, and during that time, um, I was working and I got laid off from my job. I took my severance package and I traveled across the country. I went to Austin. Uh, Houston, New Orleans, Chicago, and I just pursued music in these areas. Um, it was dope because like initially it started off as I was gonna go to these open mics. Mm -hmm. And as I started meeting people, they were like, no, you need a stage. Like, girl, here's a stage. Like, here's a <laughs> band. Here's a paycheck, you know? And it was really dope and encouraging to see how, like, once I left San Diego, um, how much support I was getting from people who had never met me before and who wanted to see me thrive in music. And it was during that journey that, like, I, you know, maybe a sign from God or whatever, but I just kept meeting all these people from Brooklyn that were like, hey, you need help, like, transitioning to Brooklyn like Brooklyn would love you you know um and I was already on my way there just to check mm -hmm. it out my um my partner now of four years was living there we weren't official yet but I knew that I wanted to be closer to him and so I was already on my way there but it was just like so affirming that everywhere I went like somebody was like hey I'm from Brooklyn like you need a job like what's yeah. up girl like so when I finally got to New York um I was there for an entire month and it was just super surreal like the networking it just like it was happening it just clicked mm -hmm. and um I ended up leaving with a job interview and I went home and I told my parents I'm moving to New York next oh month gosh. and I packed up my car with me and my two best friends and we drove across country and um yeah I've been there now for four years and you know at first I was like I hate this place like it's the worst thing ever to go from like complete solitude in San Diego like San Diego and Brooklyn are like complete 180 different mm -hmm. places like I went from you know, working five minutes from my house and driving in my car to living an hour and a half away from my job and having to get on a train with thousands of people oh, first thing in the morning. And as an empath, yo, <laughs> like I would be waking up in the morning and I'm like, I can't do this. This is so hard. Like everybody is so anxious and like whatever they were going through, I just yeah. felt like I could feel all this energy and I, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't stand it. I was like, this place is awful. And, um, you know, but now that I've been there for a while and now that I can navigate it, I'm like, okay, I get it. It toughens you up. It prepares you for something bigger. And honestly, like, I feel like I got my stripes. I feel like such a tough individual. <laughs> and, um, that would have never been possible had I not like braved it out and lived out there mm -hmm. and just really just allowed myself to be challenged by every single thing that came my way, and, you know, yeah. try to shape me. So that's what, that's where I'm at, I guess right now. Like I'm in New York. Um, I'm killing it. I'm like, yeah, really, I'm doing my thing this year. Like I'm super <laughs> proud of myself. I love um, it. But yeah, this year's been really, really prosperous, and I'm just very grateful for it. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm so I'm so happy to hear that. Um, 
I I saw Gemini perform for the first time this past that's, summer. That's right, you did. Yeah. <laughs> and it was um I don't I forget the title of it and what it was. It was but uh, the, the loneliest score. part of here is now, mm-hmm. and I did the scoring for it. Yeah, and it was incredible, like your voice <laughs> and the way that you like you, you performed. You know, mm-hmm. like you really brought your energy and just like ah, oh, it was beautiful and. You could just tell that the music that you create comes like from your heart and your soul. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) I love it because you I felt like everything. I was like, man, like. I don't even know how to explain (laughs) it, but it was incredible. Like, And I loved it. And I think what you're doing is amazing. And. I, I think the, the first time we actually talked too was like sometime last year mm-hmm. and then you were about to go I was on, about to go on another tour yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, with Dashe right yep, with and, Dashe. Um, shout out to Dashe um, but <laughs> yeah I'd love to hear just about like all the things that you've done because you mentioned earlier like yeah you, you did some touring and yeah. then you ended up in New York mm-hmm. but um, I remember like since the, being in yeah, New York you mean exactly Oh, man. New York has been quite the journey. Um, The first performance that I did in New York was on a platform that I actually was interviewed interviewed on. It's called Stoop 55. And it was just some friends of ours that he's a filmmaker. And um, actually, he's a part of Tunnel Vision Artists, which is the artist collective that I'm a part of. Um, Steven Small Warner. Check him out. He's dope. Um, But yeah, he created this platform for artists to tell their stories like similar to this situation he was Mm -hmm. like I want to get behind the art like who is the person behind the art and he created this platform um called Stoop 55 and the first year after his first season was done he wanted to share it with his community but didn't really know how um and we decided like maybe we'll throw a block party but couldn't get permits it was like you know, it was like one of these things that was like a uh, great idea, but maybe next year, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, then we learned of this um, this thing that happens in New York every summer solstice. I can't remember. I think it's called Make Music New York. And basically what happens during Make Music New York is the streets are free to make music in. So we find out about this like a week before oh my gosh. It, it like Make Music New York is happening. And I'm like, dude, we could totally do this. We can print these fake permits and like put them on like, you know, the street corners or whatever. And we can totally have a block party. And so we did. And people sat on the sidewalk while cars were driving past. And we had a concert on the stoop. And um, it was super cool because, you know, Steve had a web series he wanted to show. So he mounted this like 72 inch TV to his stoop Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we watched the episodes and then after each episode the artists like performed or they talked That's about their so art cool. and like super grassroots, you know, we had like lamps out there once the sun went down like just shining on the artists. Yeah. It was crazy. It was really beautiful. And um you know, that was my introduction into New York. It was this we got to make shit happen mm-hmm. like by any means necessary kind of thing. And once I was introduced to that energy, I was like, oh, I was built for this. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm totally that person that's like, we got to make shit happen. Um, and so um, 
I don't know. I just kind of started trying to create my own path while I was there. Like I would go and I, I I did the busking thing on the subways for a little bit. Not really my jam. I was so <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, but I tried it and I was like, let me just do that. And then what I ended up doing was um, my first winter there, my first birthday there. I had a birthday party um, and I did a performance at my birthday party. And like 60 people were squeezed into my apartment in my living room. <laughs> and I realized that I had a fan base in New York and I Aww. did not even know that it existed. And I was just so overwhelmed with joy and like, wow, there are people here for me, like yeah. came to support me, came to see me perform and just like experience me. And um, it was after that that I was like, yeah, like you could totally make a way out of no way in New York. And you see it all the time, like. People are selling water bottles on the street, you know yeah, what I mean? And so that's, that's how they're making their money yeah. and like how they're making it work. And one thing I noticed about just being in New York is there's so many people, there's so much need, there's always a service to fill. And I just felt like I could do whatever and like I could really make a career out there. Um, and so like since living in New York, the majority of the shows that I've performed in New York that are solo shows, I've also produced the shows. I have event coordinated them, um, which is, <laughs> it's stressful. It's something like now that I'm getting older, I'm trying to move away from, um, uh -huh. but it's also really powerful to be able to uh, like curate the energy that you want in mm -hmm. your own space and be like, I want this venue and I want this artist to open and I want this band member and, um, you know, and I'm going to charge everybody $15 to be here because yeah. I think the experience is going to be worth it. Um, and yeah, it's just been, it's been um, one of those things I think that folks see you doing something and they just want to figure out how they can help you do it. And yeah. um you know, since I've been in New York, like I've been so blessed to have a community that's like, hey, we're going to make this happen for you. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of been my New York experience. It's been very, very, very grassroots, but very, very successful um, in the fact that like you could really just corral a ton of people and they will show up, you know. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like. We were talking about this a little bit off air, but how you left home mm -hmm. to pursue this and how you think it's so valuable for people to like leave home yeah. and then be uncomfortable and then make shit happen. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think it shows you a lot of who you are. You know, it's like there's something about being at home that it's home. It's comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know the people. You have your family. You have things to fall back on. And once you don't have any of that you really have to look inward and be like, okay, like, where are my crutches? Like, you know, what is this thing that I'm relying on? And do I really need that thing? Or, you know, um, for me, the, I think the most difficult thing was, in like, living in San Diego, you could totally get solitude, like, wherever, you know? Yeah. And I was accustomed to taking a ride at four o'clock in the morning and sitting out on a beach somewhere and not being bothered by anybody mm -hmm. and being like, oh, this is amazing. Like, look at the stars and like hear the ocean and I'm home, you know. But in New York, I didn't have that chance to like find the solitude. So I really had to find it inwardly. I had to learn how to meditate. I had to learn how to fight through anxiety. I had to learn how to breathe when there was a ton of people around me like projecting whatever energy they're projecting and figure out what I was actually feeling and like what I was actually taking on from other people and I think that 
that's probably the most valuable thing that I've gained from that because having to check in all the time and be like, how am I feeling? What's going on? How's your breathing? Are you breathing? You know, things like <laughs> yeah. that. Like now I feel so comfortable in myself. Like doesn't matter where I am. Like I could be in a room full of bosses. And like lately that's kind of been the situation where I've been in these rooms with all of these celebrities and I don't get nervous around them because I'm so grounded in myself right now that mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter. And I'm like, if I'm in the room with you, I'm supposed to be here. So, hey, yeah. what's up? My <laughs> name is Geminel. Nice to meet you. Like, I love you that. know, and there's a level of comfort that I feel because I've I had to learn how to check in with myself at least. I mean, I still do now, but like for that first year, especially, mm -hmm. I was just like, yo, like you are sad. You are angry all the time. Like you hate your job. You want to move home. Like what's going on? What can you change? And what um, what can you control right now? And the only thing I could really control was my breath. And mm -hmm. sometimes that's all you need to just get back. Um, now that's, I mean, that's moving to New York. New York is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think everyone should move to New York. I mean, if you've got it in you, I say do it. I think that it'll show you a lot about yourself. But I do think like just moving to a new environment will teach you things. Like mm -hmm. just being able to even like just experiencing the winter, you know. Um, I love the winter. I love the snow. I think it's beautiful. I like when it gets cold and everything slows down and people become more like, I don't know, there's like a lovey thing that happens. Oh. It's like, come to my house and Aww. kick it. And like, it's chill. It's just like cozy. Yeah, it. whereas opposed to summer, everybody's like, pew, 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 bouncing off the walls. Like, mm -hmm. you got to go to this thing and this thing. And, you know, everybody's trying to make things happen. But in the wintertime, everything slows down. And the creative energy is high, you know, Ooh. because people are kind of isolated and mm -hmm. they have to tap in. Um you know, but even that will teach you a lot about yourself. Like, how do you react when it is negative uh, one degrees outside and you're getting slapped by icicles and you're like, what? who am I right now? What am I doing out here? You know, you just you can just learn so much just from changing your environment. And um, I recommend everybody leave at least for a year and yeah. try something different, Ooh. you know? <laughs> Oh, I would love to. Oh, I don't even know where I would go, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Gosh. shoot, spin a globe, see what happens. Girl. <laughs> right? Like, Yemen, I don't know about that. <laughs> I know, I don't know. No disrespect to Yemen. I know nothing about Yemen. I'm just, <laughs> it's not something that sticks out to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I love, um, you have such a positive and bright energy. Mm. Um, but I know you've gone through a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what were some of the challenges that you've gone through and had to surpass? Because I know that as a creative, we all kind of get through these creative ruts or like something oh. happens in our lives that just like puts everything on pause. Mm -hmm. And it's just mm -hmm. like, how do you get back into the rhythm of things? And how do you get that motivation and inspiration back after like maybe you're, you hit rock bottom. Yeah. Ooh, um, shoot, that's like a layered number of questions. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but um, I guess, okay, so to start with some of the challenges, I think the biggest challenge for me has been staying motivated when the money's not there. Mm. Um, because it's like, I know I have talent. Like, I know I, I've got something special. Like, I know that. 
but nobody else knows that right now and <laughs> nobody's paying me to do these things mm-hmm. and it's like the challenge between um taking gigs for exposure and like you know also just making sure that you under people understand that your time is valuable and like you should be getting paid for this service that you're providing for people because i mean it sucks it sucks for the arts because mm-hmm. we literally bring the vibe you know like everywhere whether you're putting up a piece of art or you're DJing an event or you're performing at an event or you're choreographing somebody's dance for some music video you bring the vibe and no one no one sees the value in that i don't right. understand why and maybe yeah. it's because like we live in this internet age where it's like we scroll through things so fast we don't really take time to appreciate art the way that like i remember growing up and appreciating art like going to the museum and being mm-hmm. like what do you think this artist meant and like you know dissecting that um and so I think that the biggest challenge for me has been like, okay, how do I make sure that people understand that I am valuable? Um, When I first moved to New York, this was something I wrestled with because in California, I felt like I had a fan base, like whether it was in LA or Riverside or San Diego or even the Bay, like I knew people, they came and they supported me. When I moved to New York, it was like I had to prove myself. It didn't take Mm -hmm. me very long to prove myself, but at the same time, it was like, I don't have a fan base. How am I going to sell 20 tickets to this show that's requiring me to sell 20 tickets to this show, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that ends up being, like, the battle for me is because, like, I'm dead broke, but I have this passion that I also understand is part of my purpose. And I don't want to be disobedient to, you know, the most high, but at the same time, I'm out here struggling, like, trying to figure out what we're going to eat today, Mm -hmm. you know? And... Um, I will say that I am blessed and fortunate to have the support of my parents. I've always had that. So like even when the struggle has gotten crazy for all of us, even them, you know, my parents have made a way to make sure that I got a roof over my head and I'm eating, you know, and not everybody has that. And so I recognize that that is a high privilege to have. Um, But at the same time, like at a certain age, you're like, dude, I don't want my parents Mm -hmm. to be doing this anymore. Like, you know, like I should be taking care of them. Um, And so having a master's degree and then having this passion for art, I go back and forth all the time about like, I should probably just get a job. I should use these other skills that I have. And so I, I think that's like the thing that's like always been a battle because I'll get in these ruts where, you know, I'll have a good job, And then I'm like, oh, this is great. And then like six months into the job, I'm like, I've made no music and I haven't performed and I have no energy Mm -hmm. and I'm tired and tired of working for someone else's vision. I'm tired of getting bossed around by this like boss who doesn't know how to manage their business. Like I could manage your business. You know what I mean? And, (laughs) um, And so, you know, and I think our generation in particular is very, they're very adamant about working working for their own passions and not for someone else's, you know? And so I think that's also part of the thing that inspires me to get out of that rut. It's like, yo, there's a whole bunch of, there's a collective of people that are like, yo, I'm going to make this dream happen Mm -hmm. regardless. Um, So that's something I think that has been a a significant challenge. Um, For me, another challenge that was major was just feeling um, alone in New York which is it's so weird because New York is so populated. Mm-hmm. But um, people will tell you that it's like 
the most populated, populated and lonely place ever. It's like, even though you're on a train with thousands of people, like no one is interacting or paying attention to you or whatever. And then even when you do make friends, it's like, you know, everybody's schedules are so weird. So like, I found myself alone a lot. Um, and for the first few years, that was devastating to me because I prided myself on having positive, healthy relationships. Yeah. And then here I am feeling so alone and just being like, I have no one to talk to or all I have is my partner, you know? And like, I got tired of complaining to him about things because he's such a positive person that I'm like bringing him down, <laughs> like all my shit. And it's like, it's the same shit. It's not even different shit. It's yeah. like, I'm lonely and I hate this and I need a job and you know, and like eventually you just get tired of doing that with folks. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. So that, you know, those are some of the, some of the pitfalls. Um, as far as like creatively goes, I've never felt like that was an issue. I think even like in those moments where I was feeling low, like mm -hmm. I feel like that inspires a lot. Um, and just in terms of creativity, because you're like, what else do I have? I don't have anyone else. Like I got, I only have me and my music right now, you know, and I understand me. So like my music is totally going to understand me, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just like tapping in and figuring out what your spirit is trying to, you know, release or like ask of you. Um, and then I think there were other parts of your question that I forgot. So I don't know if I answered everything. <laughs> uh, I think that, yeah. Yeah. You did because I feel like, yeah, no, you did. Because I just, I was thinking, yeah, I, my mind is just running. Like, no, it's okay. For a second right now. And I'm still recovering from this cold. So I'm just like, oh, I can't even think properly. But I would love to touch on kind of like what we were talking about earlier too mm -hmm. is, what you have planned for the future and how we live in this the post reality yes because my boyfriend and i have been talking about that too mm -hmm. where um we just feel like everyone's so glued to their phone i don't know if you guys have seen the new update on the iphone but there's like a screen um screen time tracker so it tells no. you how long you spend <laughs> on social media you guys and it's I look at it and it's embarrassing. Like, it's, yeah, you're like, it, damn, I've been yeah. on the. <laughs> it's it's terrible. Like, like eighteen hours. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. That's like your whole day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm like, but I, but I feel average, like that's right? probably like mm -hmm. not uncommon for people. No. Yeah. But on average, say like maybe you spend like four to six hours just on social media, right? Working um, apps on mm -hmm. your phone. If you like. From the age of 20 and you live to 100. Right. If you multiply that, like someone did the math and it was like you would spend 20 years just on your screen. Oh my. So think about it. 20 years from now, that's, that's when you're scrolling. Yeah. No. Like that's insane. <laughs> so it's like, yes, we need like more awareness about. Absolutely. Yeah. And like just being aware of what you consume mm -hmm. and then also what you create and what you put out there. Yeah, I actually recently did a purge of my Instagram and like unfollowed a bunch of folks. Mm -hmm. um, not because like I don't like who they are as people, but because the content that they were giving me wasn't feeding me, you know, it wasn't it wasn't inspiring me. Um, and it just felt like it was I was like you said, like taking in all of this energy from mm -hmm. people who like you know, I mean, no shade to anybody, but like it just wasn't feeding me. It wasn't giving yeah. me anything to like work with. You know, um, I recently started listening to this lecture. And the one thing that he stresses is who are you listening to? Like, who are you listening to? What um, 
intake are you taking in as your truth? And um, like we were talking about this post-reality era, I actually learned that phrase from some lecture I went to and this guy was talking about post-reality hip hop. He was saying that, you know, a lot of the music now is like a whole bunch of broke rappers talking about how balling they are, you know, mm -hmm. or like no one's really talking about anything below the surface. It's all surface level shit. I mean, there are your conscious rappers who are saying things that are like trying to get you to tune in. But then I feel like those rappers don't have the same attraction as like the ones who were real flashy, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've been thinking about how a lot of us. And this, I mean, I think this is even goes on before social media was as big as it is now. But I think a lot of us try to keep up appearances like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Everything's good. You know, my life is great. I'm killing it at my job or yeah. whatever. But no one's really talking about what's actually going on internally. Like, what are those thoughts when you wake up in the morning? You know, are those thoughts still fine? Are they still good? Are they, you know, what's going on um, in your head? And... um you know, as of recently, I kind of have been evaluating some of my own relationships and deciding if those people have been uh, real with me or real with themselves over like a timeline of life, you know, Damn. like yeah. and that was hard for me because a lot of times the answer was. I don't feel like that person has been honest with me or, you know, um, I'm not really sure if that person's even being honest with themselves. Like I see these patterns, but they don't see these patterns. So is it because they don't see it or is it because they're ignoring it? Like, what is it? And there's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with when folks are unaware of their actions or, um, you know, or, or who they are or how their thoughts interpret, like how they move every day. But for where I'm at in life, I feel like it is not okay for me to uh, to trust all the way that I can give my person or give that person like my energy or my spirit when they don't they don't even understand the consequences of their mm -hmm. own actions, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I've been playing with this idea of um, helping folks dissect post reality and coming into a space of like actual reality like mm -hmm. what am I really going through or how am I really feeling because I think um especially as women right mm -hmm. um there's been a lot of shame attached to our actions yes. it's like you're either you know you're you're pretty but you can't be smart or mm -hmm. you can't be aggressive or could because then that makes you a bitch you know what I mean right. or you know we can't really speak our minds all the way you can't be sexually liberated but then you can't be a prude either exactly. you know what I mean and yeah. they put us in these boxes of like you can only live within these small confines so like a part of this like uh, evaluation comes from the space of love because I'm also like yo I get it like we have we have been forced and confined into these spaces and then add like being a woman of color into that and then it just gets even more complicated you oh know gosh, and yeah. so it's a lot of I think we have to look inward and be like yo I'm not living my own reality not really necessarily for anybody else but ourselves and to just be able to heal and have 100% acceptance of ourselves. And um, I think there's a really big self-love, like, uh, I don't want to call it a trend. It's not like a trend. It's like a movement. Yeah. yeah. Like a self-love movement that's happening and everybody's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm getting my face, ma I'm going to have my face mask mm -hmm. done and like, you know, I'm, you know, I get 
whatever my regular beauty routine is and they call that self-love and that's that's awesome that's self-love too but a part of self-love is really digging in and being like i even love the parts of myself that i don't really love you know what i mean like or i can i can look internally and say hey yo that's a piece of you that needs some work you know and that's a part of self-love too is just having grace and forgiveness for the spaces in which like people don't necessarily approve of like Mm -hmm. for me (laughs) i recently had an encounter with a let me not get too uh, personal. So <laughs> I recently had an encounter with somebody from my past, somebody who was close to me, somebody who also knows some people that I had a falling out with and they're all friends, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can just imagine the shit talking circle that happens around yeah. me, right? But he kept saying, you're a savage. You're a savage, you're a savage, you're a savage. And I was like, I was just thinking about like my upbringing in Southeast San Diego (laughs) and like growing up around a whole bunch of pimps and gangsters. And like, yeah, I could say that I have some savage tendencies where a lot of times I don't really care whose feelings get hurt because I'm speaking my truth and I need to get it out because it's it's boiling inside of me or whatever. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes my timing is not great. You know what I mean? And that's an ugly truth about myself that I have to look at myself and be like, yo, he's right. You are a savage. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, you know, I can be super positive, but don't piss me off. Like it'll turn into some other shit, but you know, whatever. (laughs) Getting too hood for the podcast. (laughs) But, um, but you know, like having somebody tell you, having somebody that I feel is also partly a reflection of me sit there and be like, you're a savage. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, well, you're kind of a savage too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like seeing that there is a reflection that is honest there and having to sit there and be like, yo, Jim, you've done some things that are like not cool, you know? And look at that part of me and also just dissect where that comes from. Like, why is that even a, a trend in your actions? Like, why is that even something that affects you the way that it does? And then learning forgiveness for those parts of me because I was a savage. Am I a savage now? Nah, not really. Like, I haven't done anything savage in a long time, I don't think. <laughs> you know, so I'm yeah. like, I can kind of see how people, you know, have evaluated me in that way before. And I can honestly say I see exactly why they would call me that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And to be able to be like, yo, that's an ugly truth. And then be like, but that's not really who you are anymore. You evolved from that. Rather than being like, that's not true. That's not true. And then turning around and being savage again. And then, you know, wondering why that's a pattern that you have, you Mm -hmm. know? So instead of like, I don't know, I just, just, I've just been in a space of confrontation, like, I, you know, I am a confrontational person. That's like how I grew up. And it's like one thing that my mom used to hate about me. She'd be like, you're so blunt and you're so you like, you don't, you don't have any filters. You know what I mean? And she would just be so aggravated about that. But now I am blunt and I have no filters with myself, you know, and it even catch myself now in this space where like, if I start to think a certain way that I don't like, I stop myself and I'll be like, yo, why are you thinking like that? Like, yeah, that's ugly. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. let's let's think about like what's going on internally because usually there is something that causes us to feel exactly. some kind of way, but most of the time we dismiss it because we're just like, I'm just living my life, you know? Yeah. Um yeah, and so I feel like I I just been processing what that means to to live in this post-reality era where 
we have always kept up appearances, but now we put them out publicly, you know, yeah. for everybody to see. Which is so crazy. And sometimes I wonder, like, when people are like, post, like, what what disconnect happens between, like, writing this lie and then posting this? And, like, how come no one is sitting here being like, is this true? Like, is this who I am? You know, mm -hmm. what am I putting out there, you know? And, um... I don't know. I just think that also comes from us like producing content so fast. We're like, yeah. you got to put something out. Like I have nothing to say right now, but I'm going to say something mm -hmm. and I'm going to quote this like surface level quote right. that and I read in this book. Have this like consistency because you have to keep up, especially the way the algorithm is yep. or whatever. And yep. it's, I love that you said that because I think we really do have to be intentional with what we put out, which is why mm -hmm. like I, I put more focus on coffee and convos because that's, I feel like that content has a purpose, mm -hmm. right? Whereas like my personal Instagram, it's like, yeah, I have like these cool things going on, but it's like, mm, do I need to post it? Do right. I need to be like, if, you know, it's just one of these things, like, I think we have to sit down and, and be real, mm -hmm. kind of like what you said, because everything is surface level, you know, like only a handful of people actually know my life. Yeah. And it's not all that it appears to be on Instagram. People right. People are always like, you're killing it, Alyssa. You're doing so many great things. Wow, you went to New York. I'm like, yeah, I was struggling <laughs> like crazy out yeah. there, okay? Like no one really knows like what goes on mm -hmm. behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I think instead of curating the perfect feed or curating like this appearance. Right. This brand. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, we are our personal brands. Yeah. But it's, it's like weird. at the end of the day, we're ourselves. <laughs> and why can't we just portray who we really are? Yeah. Yeah. And like not have to, like, I don't know. Like, there's times where people are like, oh, can you take a photo of me? Oh, I don't like that. So I'm not going to post it. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, don't you just want to, like, keep the moments? Right. And, share the moment, yeah. you know, or not even, maybe not share the exactly. moment, but at least be like, that was a good moment, you mm -hmm. know, and I've been, I've been, oh man, I've been challenging myself to just be like, like, uh, <laughs> this girl posted this picture of me or no, this girl. Yeah. She, I guess she posted it too. This girl took this picture of me at this video shoot that I did. And, um, I was totally just like dancing at the video shoot, you know, trying to just be like in my moment. Right. Yeah. And, um, I totally like. I don't think the picture is very flattering of my face because I'm like in a moment, you know, my yeah. face is like scrunched up and like everything. But I love that photo because I get to see like how much fun I was having. Mm -hmm. I didn't care that there was a camera person somewhere near me. and I wasn't like posed up trying to be cute for the camera, um, you know, and I, I like I definitely made a flyer of it because I was like, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself to put this picture that I think is not very flattering of me up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like because that was a good moment. Like it was a great moment. And um, lately I've just really been trying to live in my most authentic self. Um, so even like after I get done with like a ugly, gross, sweaty run and I have something I have to say, I'll get on my Instagram stories and I'll tell it because you know, a lot of times those moments are so raw, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you may never get that moment back or that thought back. 
you know, and if it's something that I feel like the people should hear or I feel like sharing it because I feel like people can maybe benefit from it. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's my job as an artist, you know, Um, and so a lot of times I'll just be like, all right. I look disgusting, but hey, everybody, what's going on? <laughs> like, I just got off this run and I had these thoughts I wanted to share, you know? Um, and what I have noticed from that is people are so responsive to this authentic, like, sweaty, ugly, my hair's not done, mm-hmm. like, my pimple is blazing on my <laughs> forehead, you know? But they're like, yo, I really related to what you said. Yes. You know, it's like, it doesn't become about my appearances anymore. It becomes about the actual, like, what am I saying, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that's cool, you know? I'm like, there's something there's something here, you know? Like, yeah. there's something about not always being, like, super made up and, mm-hmm. like, trying to appear like everything is perfect. Like, people want that. Like, yes, I know exactly. I want that, you know? Yeah, and exactly. so, like, if I want that, then I have to basically be the change I want to see. So if I want to be more, if I want to see more authenticity, I have to be more authentic too, you know? Um, So that's just where I'm at in life. This is my, this is like where I'm at in my spiritual life right now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Girl, it's so important to recognize that Mm -hmm. because kind of like we were talking about before about like, you have to be self-aware. Yeah. You really have to know that like, oh shoot, like there's been like instances where I had to sit down and be like, oh shit, I didn't even realize that I offended this person with yeah. what I said or um, with my actions. And you had to like sit down and reflect and be like, okay, that's something I need to work mm-hmm. on. And, you know, talking about self-love and you're right, there is this movement going on. Yeah. And it's just like, oh yeah, self-care Sundays or whatever. Right. And it's just like, but are you really taking care of yourself so you could be authentic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. truly like understand that like we're not perfect beings. No. And it's just us like progressing and we're all works in progress. Here, yeah. You know yeah. Yeah. I mean? Yeah. So. And that's been another thing that I've been, you know, um, practicing is just understanding that everybody's growing. That's mm-hmm. like my new comment to myself. So like even when people are doing things that I don't necessarily like approve of or like I see somebody in the cycle that I'm like, dude, you've been in that cycle for years. You know, I have to understand. And I, it's like almost like a mantra. I say, everybody is growing. Like whatever pace they're growing at doesn't matter, but everybody is growing at some capacity. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like, it's just like, you have to understand that folks are evolving in their own way. And like, we just have to let people do what they're going to do. Exactly. And then also protect our energy. Like yes. if we know that so it's not different. healthy for us, mm-hmm. you know? So, (laughs) well, back to talking about this post reality. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you said you kind of have something that you want to start in the next year. So I'd love for you to talk about that if you're open to it. Yeah. How can I make this as elusive as possible without (laughs) it being like, so I, um, I was blogging for a while and people were really tuned into my blog. And um, after my my dad passed away, I kind of just stopped. I was like, I don't feel like telling people all my shit anymore. Like, I feel like being in solitude with these thoughts or like, and it wasn't, they weren't necessarily negative thoughts. It was just like a transition that I was like, this is a sacred transition for me. I need to figure out where I'm at in life before I go back out sharing things. And so I have this um, idea to kind of write about post-reality using the 12 stages of recovery as like kind of a metaphor for these things. Because I do believe that 
a part of us is addicted to the post-reality. I do believe that a part of us is like, no, I have to appear this way or I have to put this persona out. Um, and I don't necessarily think everyone realizes it. Like I've recently been dealing with some folks with they have addiction. And, you know, one thing that you realize with folks who have addiction is that they don't think that they're addicted. You know, they think that everything's totally normal, that they're totally functional and everything's good. And when I think about people who live in post-reality, I'm like, yeah, well, you think everything's good because you're on this drug. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you, you are so used to taking this drug that you don't realize that there's another person on the other side of the drug, you know? And um, and so I, I, I've been wanting to write um, these pieces about, um, about like using each stage of recovery as a catalyst for each piece. Um, and that's all I'm gonna say about it. But it's Ooh. gonna be delivered in a really cool way. Yes. And um, you know, I've been, I've been on my scoring films and commercials thing lately, so yeah. it's gonna it's gonna incorporate that Ooh. a lot. Yeah, and tell us more about your experience doing score and oh, like all of that. I love that's it. Awesome. It is my favorite thing right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I know you came to you came and you yes. saw you saw actually mm-hmm. what I scored. Um, and I mean it was like what like maybe forty five minutes of music I think. Yeah. Um, that and so cool. that process was just such a beautiful process because. I created the emotions behind everything, you know? And it's like, yes, the dancers definitely added so much life to the pieces that I created, but I, like I said earlier, I set the vibe for them, you know? And um, I, <laughs> you know, I'm respecting the other artists right now, but I totally want to put that project out as just like a listening piece because I mm-hmm. think that there's something very cohesive about it that feels really powerful. Um, but I'll, I'll wait until it's time for that. <laughs> Um, But yeah, like, I just love it. I love being able to look at a scene that has no sound and like create something because it's it's such a challenge. It's like a puzzle piece. You know, you have to find the rhythm that they're in. You have to find like, there's just so much like you have to really um, consider the space, the energy, the emotion. And usually if I am... um, if I am commissioned to score a piece, there are a ton of back and forth conversations that happen about feel, about what are we trying to evoke? What do we want to bring out of the audience? And um, I think that it's like the perfect challenge for me. It's like I get to tap in as an empath to this one other creative and take whatever their inspiration is and turn it into my own. And um, I've just really, really been enjoying that. I recently did a score for um, Planned Parenthood for a campaign um, called Unstoppable. And I think that hands down that has to be one of the best pieces I've ever created and I mean that goes with like my album you know all my music whatever I've written like this one piece I'm like yo this is amazing I'm super proud of it um but it's just it is dope because it's brought me to collaborate with other artists from other mediums people in film people in dance people who act and I'm just so blown away by um what what it provides for me because this is something I definitely could see myself doing for lifelong, you know? Yeah. Like, even if I'm old and gray, like, I could still <laughs> be making beats for somebody, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think that it's dope that I found another way to fall in love with music because, 
you know, for the longest time, people were just like, oh, you're just a voice. You're just a voice. And it's like, but no, but I could be a voice, but I could I could express that voice in mm-hmm. more than one way, you know. And, um, you know, it's cool because sometimes words don't do it, you know, like writing songs is fun and it's great. And I love telling stories through them. But sometimes words don't do it. Like sometimes you need something else to pull on those heartstrings and be like, oh, I felt mm-hmm. that, you know. Um, and I just, yeah, like, I don't know. I could score forever, I think. <laughs> Is that where you think, like, you want to focus on in your career now? I was going to ask you, like, hey, like, what, the what's next, what, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so right now I'm trying to master my craft in all ways. So um, I've been working on writing material. My goal is to eventually get into publishing and distribution to write for the industry. Um, Right now, while I'm young and like still want to travel and stuff, I totally want to be like the front artist for at least a little while. Like I would love to go on like a world tour at least once, you know, and be like, I did it. (laughs) And then decide from there, like if I still feel like putting out albums, if I still feel like, you know, um, going on tour or performing, I think that it will be something that I always have because um, my first love is definitely the stage. It you know that was something that started in me very very early. Um, but I've been working on just mastering my craft in all ways, and so currently what I'm working on, um, I'm working on releasing a bunch of singles that I started at the beginning of the year. Um, getting some things mixed right now and finishing up some vocals, um, and then so. I have like 10 songs that I'm thinking of for singles to release next year. Um, I'm working also on a beat tape. Um, So I've been producing using my loop pedal and then also like using Logic and playing with Ableton and things like that. So um, I really been digging a lot of my productions. I'm like, oh, it'd be cool to put out a beat project. And then um, just trying to work on like my musicianship. So learning how to play the guitar better and like the piano and um, learning theory a little bit more, which is... is and has always been an intimidating thing for me Mm -hmm. um but now i'm like i'm grown like you know like i gotta i gotta start like not allowing intimidation to like push me away from something you know so um that's definitely been a lane that i'm like all right i think i can do this if i just put my attention forward with it and so that has been that's my, that is like, I wrote everything out in my passion planner. Yay. That's what I'm working on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's something that I would like to finish up by the end of this year for distribution next year. Um, and then ultimately just building up my connections and trying to get my foot in the door in different places. Like right now I've been blessed with so much exposure this year, like national television and things like that. Jimmy Fallon. Yes, and so like, <laughs> that was literally, just that was week, like, right? yeah, it was like a week and a half ago, I think. <laughs> oh, I remember yeah. I was like, dang girl, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's given me the opportunity to meet so many dope people. Like I was sitting in the backstage with black thought and talking to him about his next adventure with music and um i just thought that was such a beautiful moment like i was um actually i don't think i can share that but i was recently in spotify with an artist and i got to arrange some vocals for his recording with spotify um so it's just been cool because i've been in these spaces where i'm getting to share my talents with these people who have labels or 
You know, they mm-hmm. have some kind of backing behind them. And here I am, an independent artist looking for that kind of backing. And yeah. I just think it's so great that I get to share my talents in these spaces because you never know what that's going to lead to. You know, like yeah. I just I never know. Like, oh, you know, so so, <laughs> so it's been it's been cool. Like, you know, being in New York, I think um, has definitely brought me to the space of like there's something unique and special about you that you just have to hold on to and um because there are so many people in new york um but somehow some way i still feel like i stand out like whether it's to a small group of 100 people i don't care it's like i stand out to those 100 people you know and there's something unique and invaluable about that and so i've just been really just like not to be cliche but i've been trying to live in my light you know and just acknowledge that um and like another mantra that I've been saying to myself is my success is inevitable. I don't know what that looks like, you know what I mean? I can imagine and visualize what I want it to look like, but I know I'm going to be successful regardless. Yeah. And what that has created for me is this space of so much presence. Like I am able to just be present in a moment and not worry about like, oh, I have to produce this and I got to get this out and I got to do this and you know, like it allows me to just take a step back and be like, all right, my success is inevitable. So like you could take the day off, like chill, you know, mm-hmm. you've been going hard for 10 days, you know, yeah. rest up. And there's no, I guess there's no finish line that I'm racing toward. It's like, it's eh, going to happen. Like, yeah. don't worry about it. You got this, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've never had that sense of peace before when it's come to my music ever, you know? So I just think that's such a beautiful space to be in, to be like, I know that something good is coming from this. And all I have to do is just keep taking steps forward and just trust in the vision. And then also understand and know that the seeds that you've planted already are growing. Like they may be little baby sprouts, but they're still growing. So, um, so yeah, so (laughs) that's, that is what's next for me in terms of my music career. Oh, I'm so excited to just continue <laughs> like witnessing your growth. It's, yeah. It's so awesome. Thank you. Um, the last few questions I'm going to ask is what I ask everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to, who's maybe creative minded, doesn't really know where to start mm. or maybe wants to pursue music? <sighs> Take your time. Take your time. I, people have told me that people told me that when I was like starting out and I just, didn't listen like I just (laughs) I was too anxious I was too like you know goal driven I guess um but take your time uh when it's right you'll know you know you will totally know and I mean I guess that goes with music it goes with all aspects of life but when it's right you'll feel it like and you can't deny it and um I think the take your time piece comes from this idea of not just rushing into something that's not right for you um because i've been there i've done that and it never works out you always end up taking two steps backwards so take your time be patient be graceful with yourself um and yeah just just know that your success is inevitable too like if something is calling you to be a creative if something is calling you to express yourself in some kind of way then there's something there for you. Um, Whether that's like spiritual or universal or whatever you believe in, like something is there for you. And what was the other one I was going to say? Dang, I had a good one. 
what I say? I said, be graceful. Um, oh, man, I'm going to be driving home and it's going to come back to me and I'm going to be like, that's what I wanted to say. Um, shit. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to just text Alyssa. Maybe she can add it in the comments. <laughs> going to say this right (laughs) (laughs) yeah well whenever it does come just let me know i will (laughs) Um, but to close us out i would love to know if you could have coffee or and combos with anybody who would it be oh man see i would have said bobby mcferrin before but i actually got the chance to meet him this year so i'm like totally fulfilled um let's see Right now, who would I like to have a conversation with? Uh, Barry Gordy. I would like to talk to Barry Gordy, founder of Motown. Um, Mm. He's just been such a catalyst for the music industry. Or, and, I would like to have coffee with Quincy Jones. Mm. I just watched his documentary and I'm like, yo, we're we're spirit animals or something. Like he's my spirit animal, I think. (laughs) I mean, just gave like the biggest thumbs up. He was like, yes. (laughs) Yeah, so that's who I I would love to have conversation with those two brilliant people. So it's gonna happen. Yeah, I I think so. You know, that that I said it, it's totally gonna happen. I'm gonna text you. Like, yes, guess what? right i want everybody like who i talk to like have these conversations with the people that they want to yeah that'd be amazing because you just gotta i mean i don't know what i would ask you know but i'm sure it will come yeah (laughs) and before we go i'd love for you to just share with our listeners like where they could find you listen to your music yeah just kind of see what you're up to all right so everything right now you can find me at geminelle.com that's g-e-m-i-n-e-l-l-e.com you can also follow me on instagram at geminelle spelling's the same um if you google me you'll literally find me everywhere i think i'm the only geminelle like that is so (laughs) rad it's pretty freaking cool yeah i've had my website name since i was 13 like no one was fighting me for it (laughs) yeah that's that's a great thing yeah that's awesome well definitely you guys i hope you enjoy this episode i freaking love gemini she's amazing i love you too girl thank you so much for having me of course thank you guys and we'll catch you in the next episode bye bye